0: So today we're in um, part four of 40 Days of Prayer and the title today is Praying in Five Dimensions, which sounds a bit Doctor Who, but kind of bear with me and uh, you'll get it because every week we start off by looking at something around who God is because it's only as we, as we connect with more with who God really is, then we find out what prayer really is. And uh, you can make a note of these things to help you to remember... It's always good to do that, to make a note on your phone or or write something down. The most important point that I want us to start from today is this, is that our God is a multi-dimensional God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but he's not one-dimensional, he's not two-dimensional, he's not three-dimensional, you couldn't put some 3D glasses on and look at God. He's not even four-dimensional, if you go to the cine world now they have 4D, I don't even know what that involves, somebody spraying you with a water pistol or something and making smells around you, that happens sometimes anyway if you take kids, but... This is about our God being multidimensional. And every week in this series we've said, the more you understand God, the more effective and the more fulfilled your prayer life is going to be. Because learning about prayer is really learning about God. And God is not just one dimension, but we're going to see this in many different ways. First, the reason that we say that our God is a a multi-dimensional God is that we can see this in God's creation. The more you look around at what God has made, the more you see that our God, uh, he made a multi-dimensional universe, he's a multi-dimensional creator. There are dimensions that we know about and there are dimensions that we do not know about. The Bible talks about the spirit realm and the natural realm. And we don't often engage with that realm, we just sort of focus on what we can see. But the Bible says that what is unseen is actually more real than what is seen. And according to superstring theory, there are at least 10 dimensions in the universe. Bosonic string theories suggest 26 dimensions, which basically means they don't know. <laughs> they're theories, that's why they're called theories. I read a book this week, believe it or not, on an introduction to astrophysics to help me prepare for this talk and time and time again, they kept on saying, we don't know how this happened. Or sometimes more positively, one day we will figure out how this happens. But the Bible says this in Romans chapter one, verse 20, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen in what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other words, that, that means that the fact that God exists can be discerned from creation. Unless you deliberately want to suppress or ignore the evidence that there is a creator. And somebody says, well, what about all the people who haven't looked at the Bible and how are they supposed to figure it out? Well, the Bible itself says to figure out that there's a God, you don't even need the Bible. You should be able to look at the things that God has made and from them figure out that there really is a God. For instance, as you look around at the universe, you're going to figure out that God likes variety. Look along your row, for instance, to be able to see that. We know that God is organised. We know that God is incredibly creative. We know that um, God is powerful. When we hear the thunder this week, Um, when there's earthquakes or or, uh, tornadoes or go and stand and watch an asteroid shower you're going to see how great how huge and powerful our God is because he's beyond and bigger than all of that but the Bible says when we look at those things we're without excuse if we just say if we just think oh it all just happened to me it takes more faith to not believe in God than it does to believe in, in God See, if I'm walking down a hill and I see a stone that's rolled out of place, I can think that's just an accident. But if I'm walking down the hill and I see a watch that's down there, and I pick it up and it ticks and it works, and I can see everything moving inside of it, are you asking me to believe that's just an accident? I, I don't believe that's just an accident. See, me, evidence of design is evidence of a designer. He even put his image on us on every person that you see. The astrophysicist said the universe was started with a big bang, and that doesn't bother me at all, because basically all I think is that if there's a big bang, there must have been a big banger. (laughs) There must have been somebody who got it going in the first place. Somebody outside the system had to get it going. Never in a million years would you say that my watch just happened. If you told me that, to be honest with you, I'd think you were going a bit bonkers if you thought it just happened by itself. And the fact is you can have millions of years, you can have trillions and trillions and trillions of years, and it's still not gonna happen just by itself. that it will all of a sudden all come together and start ticking away. That's why I say I think it it takes more faith to be an atheist, I haven't got that kind of faith. And there's another way to be able to see that God is multidimensional, and that is to see in Jesus' incarnation in Jesus' Incarnation, Incarnation basically means coming in the flesh, God becoming flesh in Jesus Christ, God has come to earth in Jesus Christ, so we don't have to figure out what God is like, he came to show us exactly what he's like, he's the image of the invisible God, God became a human being, the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 14, the Word, that's the everlasting creator, became a human being. And he lived among us. John says, we've seen his glory full of grace and truth. That means God is multidimensional. It's been said if God wanted to communicate to ants, he would have become an ant. If he wanted to communicate to cows, he would have become a cow. If he wanted to communicate to human beings, he did. So he came and he became a human being. So that he could not just communicate to us, but he could relate to us. And he can save us. Jesus is multidimensional. God the Father is multidimensional. The Holy Spirit is, multiple, is multidimensional. And then number three of the three-in-one God is God the Holy Spirit. And that's the, the last one, the last reason why we can picture that our God is a multidimensional God is because we talk about God the Holy Spirit. And we can see how the Holy Spirit moves. In John chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going and that is the way it is with everybody born of the Holy Spirit. See he's saying you can't put God in a box, you say you can't understand God, okay that's because he's God and you're not. You can't fit him into your pattern or he isn't worth calling God, he's not worth worshipping. You can't control the Holy Spirit, he moves in mysterious ways to quote you too. <laughs> He moves in dimensions that we don't believe in, and you can't see him, but you can see the effects of what he does. You can see how he changes people. I see, effect, I see the effects of the Holy Spirit so often in this church in the way that he changes people, in way, incredible ways that he changes people's lives. I've seen the, his effects in my own life not where I want to be yet but he's moving in me god is moving in me and changing me god is multidimensional and and this should matter this really does matter to you and to me i'll tell you why god is multidimensional and so and so that means number 1 i'm never alone i'm never ever alone i'm never going to be alone because god is in every dimension at the same time he's in my past He's in my present. He'll be in my future. He's here. He's there, wherever there is. He's everywhere in the earth. He's in the spirit realm. He's in our realm. He's in your world. He's in my world. God is in every dimension all of the time. He's in you and above you and he's around you and he's with you. In three persons, God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit because God is multidimensional, that means I'm never ever alone. David wrote about it in Psalm 139 when he said this, where could I go to escape from you? It's a hypothetical question. Where could I go to escape from you, God? Where could I ever get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you'd be there. If I flew beyond the east or lived in the farthest place in the west, you'd be there too to lead me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, but even darkness isn't dark to you. When the night is as bright as the day, darkness and light are the same to you. David's basically saying this is why you should never try and play hide and seek with God. He knows. He knows where we are. It's called the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. He's in all things, before all things, and above all things. He's the beginning and the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's no place where you have been. There's no place you are. There's no place you will ever go where God is not. And God won't be there. And that should encourage you because whatever your future looks like, as far as you're concerned, God wants to be in your future. God will be there with you in your future. You can't go into a future where God isn't. And if at this stage you're like, I don't even know God, maybe you're here because he's setting up an appointment with you. And he really wants you to meet with him so that you'll voluntarily take him into your future. And rather than you leading from now on, you'll follow him into the future that he's got for you. Not just decide the one that you want. In our year of prayer, what does this have to do with prayer? Everything. Because since God is everywhere, past, present and future, in every dimension, even the dimensions that we don't know about, this means that you can talk to him about every dimension of your life. And he already understands it. That's why I'm going to talk to you about five dimensions of prayer. These kind of things that we're doing in this series, some of them are like a model for prayer, for you to be able to, when you sit there and you kind of think, well, I think I should pray, but you don't know what to do. Here's like a model or a pattern, and if you make some notes on it, next time you're sitting down and praying, you can go through this little model, five dimensions of prayer, and it will help you to be able to not just have that mind-blank moment that then takes you off into watching something on Netflix or on... Facebook and forgetting it or picking up a book. So make the note of the five dimensions of your life that you can pray about. And you can discuss this at your grow groups in the week in these, the 40 days uh, of prayer series that we're going through. Praying in five dimensions. First dimension, when I pray first, I look backwards, say backwards. I look backwards to the cross. When I start to pray, one thing that I can always start with Is not my problems, not my list, not my worries, not my fears all about tomorrow or what's going on today, but I can start with what I'm grateful for from the past. And because of the cross, I always, always, always have something to be grateful for. Never say you haven't got anything to be grateful for. Because of the cross, you always have something to be grateful for. It's good, it's great to start your prayers with the cross. Whatever's going on in your life, start with the cross and go from there. So the prayer will start with worship, actually. The prayer will start with an attitude of gratitude. When I just think about Jesus Christ dying for me on the cross, I know three things from that. Number one, I know how deeply God loves me. Number two, I know how costly sin and evil is. And number three, I know how completely I'm forgiven. That's what the cross tells me. That's a good place to start from when you're praying. 1 Peter 1.18 says, God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God, so you might wake up one morning just like you've messed up or something and you're feeling pretty worthless. You didn't get as many likes as you might have liked on your Facebook status or whatever it is that brings you down. You're feeling low. You start to pray, I'm worthless. How much are you worth? Look at the cross. Think about the cross. God sent his own son. He came to earth to die for you. The son of God, became a son of man so that the sons of men could become sons of God. I'll say that again. The son of God became a son of man so that the sons of men can become sons of God. So when I pray, first I mention, I look back to the cross. And that helps me to think personally about this, to take the cross seriously. Take the cross personally. Something I find that helps me with that is actually to put some worship music on. You know, before you even think about your playlist, list, maybe you need to get a, pray, a, a playlist of some worship songs, and especially some worship songs that you can start off thinking about the cross and about what Jesus has done for you. See, guilt, guilt always wants me to stay stuck in the past, to keep me regretting the past, Because all of my sins, where are they? They're all in the past. But you know what? So is the cross. So is the cross. So I can focus there instead. And I know my sins have already been taken care of. The cross solved my problem way before I even had the problem. Even the sins that I've committed tomorrow have been forgiven. Yesterday. Isn't that amazing? Dimension number two, make a note of this, I look upward into the face of my loving father when I pray. God is not your boss, God is not your supervisor, God is not your your dictator, he's not the big man in the sky. He wants to be your dad. How do we know that? Because when some people came to Jesus, I'm talking about this in the evening, and said, teach us to pray. The first thing Jesus said was this, when you pray, say, our Father. This is how God wants to be addressed. And that's incredible because in the whole of the Old Testament, God was never called Father. God gets called Majestic and Sovereign and Jehovah and Yahweh and Lord of Lords and all these different titles. But Jesus comes and steps out of heaven's dimension into earth's dimension and when they ask him how should we address God and how should we pray to him, he says, call him Father. Do you call God Father in prayer? I noticed Esther did that when she prayed. Quite often, a few times, father, 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 she was calling him father, because that's how she knows him. Do you know him like that? Maybe you do know him like that. Do you address him like that? Sometimes we'll call him, talk to God and it's like we'll say Lord, or we'll say, oh God, I dare you to call him father. That's my challenge. That's actually Jesus' invitation, but it's also my challenge. This week, when you pray, I want you to try, just for a week, as a mental discipline, if you like, every single prayer you pray, start by saying, Father, and voice that. Why? Because that's what Jesus wanted you to do. That's, That's the way that Jesus told you to pray. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father. But you say, well, I'm sorry, but my father wasn't a very good father. Well, your father wasn't God either. But you have a father now who is close and caring and capable and considerate. And he says, call me your father. Who's going to do that? Some people are putting their hands up. Why not? I dare you. Who's going to do that when you pray this week? that you're going to try and remember, and just, you'll get it wrong, I'll get it wrong, but just to say, Father, 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 when you pray. I was reading this amazing um, thing from Tim Keller in the devotional I'm reading in the mornings about prayer. It's a new book he's written on prayer, which is really good. It says, the only time in all the Gospels that Jesus prays to God and doesn't call him Father is on the cross when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus lost his relationship with the Father so that we could have a relationship with God as Father. Jesus was forgotten so that we could be remembered forever, from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus Christ bore all the eternal punishment that our sins deserve. That is the cost of prayer. Jesus paid the price so God could be our Father. Perhaps you protest your own father or mother did you wrong. Do not let that be a barrier to prayer. For only in Christ will you get the love that you need to make up for your unhappy family history. It does no good to say why weren't they the parents they should have been. There are no parents who are what they should be. Psalm 27.10 says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will bear me up. This new relationship with God is what you need, especially if you have a bad family background. This is what you need if you feel like a failure. If you feel lonely or if you're sinking in despair, because of the infinite price paid by your brother Jesus, God is your father and he will hold you up. You can actually see, I think, sometimes how close a person is to God by how they address him. How they talk, not just about him, but to him when they pray. Because the way you see God, we've kept on saying this, will determine whether your prayers are fruitful and whether they're fulfilling or not. And if you start calling God Father, it will radically change how you see him and how you see yourself in relation to him. And that will change everything. Because whatever you call God sets the tone. sets the tone for the prayer when you pray. Sometimes you hear people praying and it sounds like they're applying for a bank loan. You know, it's all very kind of formal and stilted and is it all right if I'm here now? Or, or it could seem like you're scared of the judge. Or you're standing in front of a policeman because you've done, done something wrong. Or you're taking a lie detector test. God is your father. You can talk to him like that. In fact, Jesus repeatedly used an even more intimate term than that. He said that in, when we say father, our father, he actually said Abba. Which is not the dodgy but wonderful Swedish pop geniuses. But daddy, daddy, so intimate. So you can tell what people think about God by listening when they talk to him, if they talk to him out loud. Do they have a family relationship or a formal relationship? God's not interested in a formal relationship. He wants a family. the whole of everything was to do with him building a family See, if you hear somebody praying and it sounds like they're standing in front of the teacher reading a speech or a poem you've got to wonder have they got the family relationship or have they just got the formal relationship is God your father Abba is the most basic root word in the Aramaic language which Jesus spoke if you go to the Middle East now and you walk down the streets you might actually hear a child running around shouting Abba Abba shouting daddy, it's like papa, papa, it's like that, it's that close, it's that intimate to say that word, it's personal. So this is like, the, it shows the best prayer isn't the most eloquent, it's not the longest, it's not the most, Jesus is interested in prayer that is close, like a child looking in the face of a father. In fact, not even like a grown up child, but like a baby, like a toddler who can barely mouth words. Jesus says you can talk to God like that. See, we come with our lists, but God wants intimacy with you when you pray, not information from you. Sometimes we pray like he needs to know stuff. Don't we? Like I'm letting you know about some things that are going on in the world, God, in case you weren't aware. But the best prayer, Jesus says, is just simple. It's face to face. It's daddy. It's not like, you never hear a toddler, oh thou most wondrous and sovereign holy potentate, I most humbly beseech thee. No, they don't talk like that. God's like, what? I thought, I said you could call me dad. So I dare you, I double dare you, we said father for that one. Who would dare, who would be mature enough to become like a child and pray to God? And when you pray this week, doesn't matter if nobody's listening, it's all right. And call him, call him daddy, call him papa, call him something like that. Who's gonna do that with me? I'm gonna try. Great. I know this is pushing us in, but, but actually Jesus said to do this. So I look back. At the cross, I pray looking into my Father's loving face. Number three, I look inwards. This is the inward dimension to Jesus living inside of me. We're going quicker through the last ones. I look inward to Jesus who lives inside of me. Did you know that when you become a Christian, the day you step across the line of faith, something happens and and you invite him in and, and actually God comes to abide, to live inside Of you and me. When you invited Jesus in, you actually got the Holy Spirit too. You got the Father too. You got the Trinity inside of you. Whether or not you feel it, that's a reality forever that will never change. You can actually say, All three in me. Why don't you say it with me? All three in me. That's what happens. You get God the Father, God the Son. The Father's in you. The Spirit is in you. The Son is in you. If you haven't invited Jesus into your life, then they're not. They're not going to push their way into anybody's life. You have to invite them. You have to say, God, I want you to come in. And that changes everything. This is basic Christianity. But it changes everything. Because God isn't one dimension. God is multidimensional. He's everywhere. And he wants to be in everyone, including you and me. The third dimension of prayer is described in, in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 15, when it says, examine yourself. like Do a heart checkup. It says, examine yourself to see if your faith is real and growing. Test yourself. Remember that Jesus is living in you, of course, unless you fail the test. Unless, unless he's not. Unless you've, you've never actually asked God. And you can do that today. Best thing I ever did. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever invited God to really come in? Father, Son and Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. Let me ask you another question. Does anybody here would like to be better than they are? Or ex only me? Great. That's why you're here, I'm sure. But the fact is, I can't change what needs to be changed until I acknowledge what needs to be changed. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, if you try to hide your sins, you will not succeed. It's like, maybe that's the reason why my relationship isn't succeeding. That's the reason why my, my um, money isn't working. Whatever. If I'm trying to hide something and it's not being successful, maybe I'm covering something up. But if you humbly confess and reject the things that are wrong, you will receive what? Judgment? No. Condemnation? No. You will receive mercy. You'll get another chance. See, the fact is, God already knows what needs to change inside of you and me. He's not If you, if you tell him about stuff that's going on in your life, he's not going to go, oh, you do surprise me. Never expected anybody to tell me that. Oh, dear, I'm shocked. God's not, not going to be shocked by anything that we tell him. But he's not interested in the information. He wants intimacy. He wants us to be closer and closer. You could spell intimacy, somebody said, into me see. That's good, isn't it? Who, who likes it? Emma, keep on encouraging me, I like that, that's nice. She's good. You can sit right at the front next time. <laughs> Into me see, because that's how God gets closer to us. When, when, that's how anybody gets closer to you, isn't it? When you let them in, when you let them see you warts and all, just as you are, that's how they're getting, you're getting intimacy with some people. Some people are so afraid of that, but it, it, it helps you to be everything that you are, actually. So I have a backward look at the cross, an upward look at my Father's face, an inward look at Christ in me, so intimacy grows. Number four, say four. Four. I look around. This is an outward look. And I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. You know, the most dangerous prayer you you can pray probably is that. It's just two words, use me. I guarantee, if you pray that honestly and sincerely from a humble heart, God will answer that prayer. God will answer anybody who prays that prayer. So I dare you to pray it. The whole world is waiting for you to pray in the fourth dimension. Use me. When you look around the world and you say, Holy Spirit, send me, do what you want, use me where you want me to be. He will answer that prayer. Instead of moaning about the world, instead of criticising, instead of complaining about the world, instead of blogging about the world and why it's gone wrong, instead of pointing the finger at the world, just say, God, Use me. If there's something wrong, help me to put it right. Help me to make a difference. Let my life make a difference in the world. Use me. Romans 6.13 says, Give yourself completely to God, every part of you, since you've been given a new life, and you want to be used as a tool in the hands of God for his good purposes. And to be honest, if you've never felt what that feels like, to be used by God, I feel a bit sorry for you because there's nothing i've had all kinds of fun experiences in my life and all kinds of adventures but for me the thrill of thinking that god was looking around the world for somebody to fill a gap to make to meet a need to do something and then i stepped up and there was a connection and i was able to help somebody else in that way it's like I'm never gonna get over that. I'm never gonna forget how amazing that feels. It's the greatest privilege. Don't wait one more day to pray the use me prayer, to step into that fourth dimension of prayer. And we need this is the prayer you need to pray with your eyes open. Isn't it? Eyes open to what God is doing and what is actually happening in the world. Look around. And I'd say also one of the best places to start with this would be right here in your church family to be able to be used by Him. To say, I know, I, I can serve. I'll pick something up, I'll help, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. You know, look around and say use me and God will, he will use you for sure. And finally there's the fifth dimension which is I look forward. I look forward to my future in faith. So many people are so scared of their future. So worried about their future. Don't know what is going to go on in their future. But because I've looked back at the cross, and seen how much I'm loved. Because I've looked up to my heavenly Father, and I know how amazing he is. Because I've looked within, and I know that I've got the power of God living inside of me, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And because I've looked around, and I'm praying the use me prayer, I know I can now look forward to the future with complete faith, with no fear about the future and so I can talk to God I can talk to God about my schedule I can look at what I'm supposed to be doing this month this week this year this 10-year plan that I'm putting before him I can lay it all before him and say God would you help me father would you help me I'm your child you know every good father every good parent wants to help their child loves to hear big dreams from their child don't they they want to hear big dreams from their children so you can talk to him about how, how big it is, how big that dream's gonna be. And then you can say to him, Father, I've got 15 things that I need to do today, and I haven't got a clue how I'm gonna get started on it. Please, would you help me to order these things? Show me what's most important off this list, even if I only get two of them done. What, what, what matters most? Help me to focus in on those. And then give me the wisdom, give me the energy to be able to, to do the things that matter most, and not just to be running around like a headless chicken. One of the best things you can do to get guidance about your future is to get like a life coach. They say that's massive. Apparently it's the number one fastest growing industry in the U.S. right now is life coaching. Why? Because people haven't got a clue about what to do. But I'll tell you, why not connect with God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that's not important, that can help, but their wisdom is so limited. Any human being's other wisdom is just their wisdom. But you have access, whenever you want it, to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the everlasting life coaches, to be able to help you and advise you. And they even wrote a foolproof manual, <laughs> which is available for you, to be able to read whenever you want to. So this is a five-dimensional prayer. Would you stand and we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We'll have a practice. We're going to connect with our multi-dimensional God. He's been here. He's been speaking as I've been speaking. Maybe uh, in, maybe you drifted off at one point in something and you were you were gone somewhere. He was there. He was listening to that while you were thinking about your your hamster. And how yeah. it needed to be fed, or whatever. <laughs> and and he's here, and he's talking to us now. And we can connect with him in all these ways and everything changes when we do in this year of prayer. So why don't you just close your eyes and maybe put your hand on your heart to help you focus. And you know, we can pray and if you've never opened your life to Jesus Christ, we always want to give this opportunity to people because it's the greatest thing. He loves you so much. He, he paid the ultimate price. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you. Why don't you talk with him now? And he says, you can call God Father. You can be that close. And you can talk to him about anything. He's got all the wisdom you need, he's got all the power you need, he's got all the love beyond any love that you've ever had. From a human perspective, he has it all in abundance for you, so much love. And you can call him Father. I want you to pray just for 30 seconds, just you and God, I'll talk then, but I just want you to start, maybe voice that, maybe even for the first time, just to call him Daddy, call him Abba, or call him Father, and just talk to him for a moment about your life. Maybe it's the biggest worry or concern you've got, just just do it now, just go. Say the word out loud, Father, Abba, Daddy. If you don't know how to pray, tell him I don't know how to pray. That's a prayer. That noise that child's making is an eloquent prayer. Hmm. Father God, I'll never understand or know how much you love me, but I, I give my life back to you now. Just tell him that in your heart. Call him, call him Father, Father God. Father God, I want to know the purpose that you made me for. I want to serve and follow the plans that you have for me. Father, I want to live the life that you made possible. Father, in my past there were sins, but the cross is there too. Beyond, before my sins, you loved me. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. So I ask for my past to be forgiven. Father, a purpose, for living and a home with you forever in heaven i don't deserve it but i ask it father i've got nothing to offer you except myself so i give myself to you just as i am right now we look back father i look back to the cross and i see my sins forgiven Father, I look up into your loving face. You're never gonna be angry with me. You're never gonna not have time for me. You are my Father, you're my true Father. Father, thank you for your smile over my life. and I see you at work in me. Do what you can do. Do what only you can do on the inside of me. Change me. And then if you can use anybody, you can use me to change the world. So here I am, send me, use me. Today and every day from now on and into the future. Thank you. There's nowhere I've been, nowhere I am, and nowhere I'll ever go where you, God, are not my father. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.